You see, if you live long enough, eventually someone's going to say the word Thunderdome in your presence. <laughs> That's right. And I'm guessing most of you aren't equipped with a snappy comeback. Well, we're going to give you one. <laughs> we'll act it out for you. <clears throat> Boy, I still think we really screwed up on that whole Thunderdome fiasco. Oh, come on. Can't we just get beyond Thunderdome? <laughs> thank, thank you. you thank you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Geek Salad episode 100. We made it to episode 100. 100. Wow, tell me that. Please tell me you've been practicing that. Who's the white guy here? No, it's not. When the phone doesn't ring, you know it's not Squarespace. Andy's intro brought to you by Cracker Bag. Don't you think you guys should be cutting promos by now? But it's just not happening. No, I know, I know. So anyway, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm the other Mike. I'm Jim. And Joe. And we got a couple of special guests. Uh, first of all, welcome back, Mr. Adam. Hello. We've also got, uh, from Chris's Cultural Corner, Chris. KKK, that's not good. Hey. And joining us via technology. Industry, science, and technology. Big men putting screwdrivers into things, turning them, and adjusting them. It is our good friend, Ape Cod, Steve, from the cave. How you doing? How are you doing, everyone? I'm doing good. Myself down here. It's um, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome. Finally, I have the internet. It's uncomfortable. Yes, I know. Well, well, well what, retroactively, I'm thinking, why didn't we do this before? Well, you know what? Sometimes you just need you need a special thing like adding two zeros to the end of a show to make it uh, we make it special. We high tech enough. No, we yeah, definitely weren't high tech enough. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about technology. technology. Maybe. Nope. Maybe I should join you for each quatrain. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking by next year we'll be Skype. Oh, we'll all be skyping the show. Pretty that. much. Yeah. It's just going to be done in a control booth because somewhere. We use Skype for Dungeons and Dragons now. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Group, I, yeah. No, at least one person is skyping in from Delaware. No. <laughs> yeah. Roll Delaware Elf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 and the person that's skyping in to play D and D with us from Delaware is also a rabbi. Oh, wow. <laughs> roll Jewish Delaware out! <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they actually have to roll a dreidel. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't you mean a plus five dreidel? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Dante Hicks is just like you. He loves grape soda. This guy, like, uh, South Park, the video game. Oh, yeah. You got assassins. Nice. Well, five dreidel gives you an automatic ten percent off. Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you pick the Jew. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess we're not gonna be friends after what all. What class are you gonna be? I'm gonna be a banker. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right, so let's move on. We have um, a lot to talk about tonight. It is our Thunderdome episode. Steve, I got to give you credit for the title. You had said that to me, like, I, I think just in passing at one point, calling it Thunderdome. Yeah, but usually it's two men enter, one man leave. Yes. yes. But there's like, yeah, there's like eight, eight of us here. Enter. So yeah. eight men enter, um, a bunch of them leave. I, I don't get I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, the six of you. Seven? Six? Seven. seven, seven, seven there's, there's not a single one of you I don't think I can take. So. Oh, okay. All right. So anyway. Uh, I don't we, run away. We, I don't run around. Oh, no, wait. So. I did the rap. He's scary. <laughs> You've always thought that from the mean streets of Georgetown. <laughs> so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be um, confessing our nerd shames. We had uh, quite a bit of fun with this on uh, Facebook over the last couple of weeks with a few of our "You got some splaining to do" memes. Um, in fact, I was very proud that I started a flame war about uh, next generation Star Trek oh, okay. movies. Oh God, uh, that was between uh, Ian and Andy. It was yeah, Ian and Andy. Oh my God, that was like a holy war. Went off on a whole thing about First Contact. <laughs> I like First Contact. I like yeah, First Contact. First Contact yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out of all the yeah. next generation movies, that's I was probably the best not aware one. That, was a that anybody contract. didn't like yeah. First Contact till about a year ago. Yeah. When it came up, when we did our Star Trek episode on OCD TV, which you can see on local access down here on the Cape. <laughs> so get a portable TV, uh, go over the, the, over the bridge, um, Insert uh, featuring me and a group of um, people a lot like the rest of you. Uh, but this came up with bitching people? <laughs> nerds. Nerds. Um, well, no, the argument being that essentially the next-gen films were all just about flashy action. <laughs> that, that does not apply to first contact in any describable way. Right. Uh, but the other, and the other problem that my friend Jamie had with it was that he thought all of Picard's issues with the board had already been resolved, and it seemed like they were repeating a story that they had already taken care of in the series, which is, of course, completely absurd because post-traumatic stress disorder doesn't just go away. <laughs> well, you know, that it's... You know, there was one episode, and then it was done, and he was fixed, you know? Yep. This is just like in real life. <laughs> exactly. This heals forever. You'll be okay, okay now. Because, Have a Mountain Dew. <laughs> because if they didn't drag out the board, that means they'd have to bring out Q. Yeah, why well, wasn't Q any of the movies? Oh, Because that's too easy. Because <laughs> John Delancey didn't need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so let's... Um, hey, no, he, he had a recurring gig on Stargate at the time. Yes, that's right. Oh, that's right. By the way, Andy, can we talk about our really horrible sponsor tonight? Yes, our, our horrible sponsor oh. tonight, Mike, is... It's Narragansett's Del Shanty Lemonade. <laughs> if you wanted to drink Lemon Pledge, this is the beer for you. You mix that with the diarrhea and... that's guaranteed by Narragansett, you got a winner. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, what do you got for us? You got something real quick. I've got a surprise. All right. Those nudies he's been hey, talking about. Oh. Geek-salad.com. Whoa! We have a website. Nice. All right. Okay. I haven't oh, published nice. it right, right. I haven't published it yet. Hopefully I'll have it published by the time we actually post this episode. Awesome. Um, we're still working my way through the episode guide. All right. Well, that is a surprise even to me. Thank so, you. Good job, Mike. Mike. And you awesome. thought you were getting a reach around. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. So uh, let's move to some of our uh, Facebook feedbacks that we got from some of our friends that commented on these memes and wanted to get 
some of their favorite things off their chest. So I'll start with Rob Donahue, who says, Howard the Duck. Nice. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Love Howard the Duck. Are you kidding me? Fantastic. Because, because <laughs> duck, on, duck on human porn never gets old. <laughs> it, it is implied that they had sex, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm um, going to. And uh, duck tits with yeah. nipples. <laughs> so do they, do technically, they quack. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why would a duck have nipples? Yeah, no, you know, I didn't get to see Aaliyah. I didn't get to see Leah Thompson get naked, but I saw a duck get naked. They lay eggs. Yeah, she yep. looks pretty damn good in the By air. the way, if you, if you really want to have a frightening um, view of something that you'll have to scrub your brain for, Go on uh, True Facts About the Duck from Zafrank on uh, YouTube and actually take a look at what a duck's penis looks like. It looks like a corkscrew. Oh, Jim, you did want to bring up a, a certain performance. What? Oh, yes. Uh, Rip Torn's uh, performance as the old bastard priest from Beastmaster. Man. Oh, ah. Thank you. Man. <laughs> I, I thought it was actually underrated. And what, what year did that come out? Uh, that was '82. Yeah, so yeah. was that Ordinary People? No. Would we have gone up against the cast of Ordinary People. No, we would have. No, he would have gone up against Ben Kingsley and Gandhi. <laughs> it, 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 I'm telling you, there's no shame in loving Beastmaster. <laughs> there is none. But there is none. Yeah, then there's the second one and the third one. Hey, and don't forget Tanya, Tanya Roberts' fabulous titties. Are <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. Sorry, enough time was on HBO in the 80s. <laughs> All right. A lot of handkerchiefs were used in the Marrera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John Saul brings up, dude, where's my car is genius. <laughs> if your definition of genius is utter then yes. There you go. That actually has a pretty good cult following. I know, it's yeah. scary. Okay, Steve, someone near and dear to you. I a movie that, Google is my car, I was watching that with my ex-wife and my ex-mother-in-law, and after 10 minutes went downstairs to go play paint Warhammer models, because I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> and they were laughing their asses off for the next 90 minutes. And filed for divorce. <laughs> it does kind of answer a lot of questions then, well, doesn't it? Because when you watch that movie, the other thing you have to yeah. say is, dude, where's my bomb? <laughs> you can't watch that movie sober. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So you see, I was married at the time, so I wasn't allowed to smoke pot. Ah, <laughs> ah. Dude, where's my hour and 45 minutes back? <laughs> the funny thing like, is, we, though, I think with that movie, that's like that's basically it's typecasting for those two guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, Steve, someone near and dear to you, uh, Mr. Jamie Horton, has the following, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this as he has done it. <gasps> Megaforce, Robot Jot, Dr. Mordred, Subspecies, Arena, Hercules, Reanimator, The Gate, Death Doctor, and Barbarian Queen. Woo! Oh, and also, Hellraiser 4 Bloodline has been unjustly crucified. You had me at Death Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> are you speechless, or are you just trying to process the... Death, Death Stalker is one of those movies where there's a really high proportion of breasts to murders. <laughs> <laughs> Was it, uh, was it James no, Bond? Like, that was that. way ahead of its time before Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> that was basically Beastmaster's balls. On the balls. to death ratio, we have... <laughs> See, there's, there's there's actually my entire awareness of the existence of Megaforce is, is, is Jamie talking about it and how great it was, and now he has the Matchbox cars. Ooh. I, don't, I, I, think we know I can't figure out why that wasn't one of those movies they used to play on TV 56 and 38 back in the 80s. 
you know, we're going to have a little discussion. We're going to have to go back to Megaforce because that is on somebody in this room's list. <laughs> um, and uh, someone else want to take a turn? Joe. I got Bill, Bill Kerwin on uh, Facebook. He says, the 1980 remake of Flash Gordon with Sam J. Jones as Flash. Can you imagine my reaction to watching Ted? Truth be told, the song by Queen is still on my iPhone playlist. Flash! Ah! There's not a single one of us here that doesn't love that movie with every fiber of our being. <laughs> I don't think we need to feel shame about that. Jim's shaking his head. It is it is the dealer race. No, you know, I, I, I did like the movie, but my neighbor crossed the street liked it too, and he had a big stick. So he used to put like big wings on his back. And he was the hawk dude, and I was the frog prince, whoever Timothy Dalton was at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and I suffered some horrid beatings, so why am I enjoying But the funny thing was, if he played the right way, Timothy Dalton became, like, the new king, so... You should have played that up, man. <laughs> As an eight-year-old without a concussion. I think that was, that was our introduction to Brian Blessed. Oh, that's true. Oh, jeez. And then, um... Not, yeah! on, not, not on Facebook, but <laughs> Catherine and Joe were at my house the other day, yeah. we, were, we were discussing this. And Catherine brought up that her nerd shame is that she's a LARPer. Live action, action role player. player. Oh my god. I, I have a, I actually have a pretty good, I've never done it. But I get a, my doorbell rings one time at six in the morning. I open it up. It's my buddy Alan dressed up like a cat. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, it was. I'm like, what? What are you doing? He's like, come on, we're going to go live action role play. And I just slammed the door. He's like, Kitty needs some milk. <laughs> Actually, if you know them, buddy, I'm going to use this beanbag for my ball liquor spell. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie uh, Role Models? Yes. Yes, they actually it was the one kid who played, was it McLovin? He was the one who they would do like the whole LARPing thing. There was actually a movie on LARPing. It was like a whole like documentary yeah, about a bunch it, of guys. Uh, what was it called? Kings of Badassery. No, no, no. Like it was another movie. It had like one name. It no, was like a whole... I can't remember what it was called. It's the dramatic film where they accidentally summon a succubus. But Dinklage is in it. Oh, that's right. Dinklage is in it. He didn't. One of my nerd shames is costumes. I mean, I fucking love dressing up. You're a cosplayer? Whatever it is. Star Trek convention? I'm in. Well, I actually looked like Kirk when I saw that picture. Halloween costume was not even fucking Halloween. Perfect. excuse. I don't know what it is, man. I love it. I love putting them together. Any excuse to... Nothing wrong with that. You walk... My LARP... There was a doctor convention. I dressed up as one of the doctors. I was in a cruising for an entire day. I wore a Winnie the Pooh costume. I was Man! Everyone knew who I was. Even like three days later, this old woman, she's like, were you the guy dressed up like Pooh? No, lady, I don't know what you're talking about. My question is, did you wear the pants? backwards, like someone else did. Anyway, if he's winning the pool, you know it was a one-piece zipper-up thing, man. It was hot as shit, but it was pretty sweet. I had to cut the feet off because it wasn't, like, my height. Right. <laughs> Would you have saved? According, according to my buddy Ron's sister, she dressed up like Barney for a piece of ass. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's true, and if Ron hears this, that will be the first time he knows I have any knowledge of that. <laughs> what are you going to do? Drill a hole in the privacy area? Don't work? <laughs> I don't know. Boy, Lord, you. <laughs> I mean, how old Maybe it was her other brother. My sister went to Wor Worcester Polytechnical Institute. Ah. Which, you may imagine, there were a lot of nerds at. Hello, Sausage Factory. LARPing was really catching on, and they did the whole uh, 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 storyteller system, White Wolf, Mind's Eye oh, Theater thing. Oh, my God. Oh. 
where you resolved all conflicts with uh, rock, paper, scissors, and everybody was a vampire or a werewolf. And, <laughs> you know, Fox is... No. Fox. Um, <laughs> so they invited me, she invited me up. I went up for like little, little sizzle weekend, and I went up there, and everybody's up there taking this totally seriously, and I was playing this werewolf who was a macho asshole. And I just decided to be a total macho asshole the whole time. And like all of her friends got pissed and didn't want me to come back. I left with three fucking numbers. <laughs> Mike, what do you got? All right. Let's well, move on. I got uh, my uh, co-worker, Julie. She brought up Hanson, which I can I can attest to. She she went to a Hanson concert for, th- uh, for two days, three concerts in, in a day. She went to both days. Good oh, God, why? Blonde kids? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all adults now. She's got one of the, some of the lyrics t- tattooed on her. Are you shitting me? Yeah. A Hanson tattoo on her leg. Oh my yeah. God. Wow. Wow. That is shame. Wow. That's yeah. Wow. That, that is that's that that is shameful. Now, does it is there's like a little thing of makeup to cover that up in her pocketbook? <laughs> oh no, no, this is no. a big lyric. No, that that oh, it's that, a lyric. Know, is that one of their faces? Because no. that would be awesome. That warrants <laughs> the Krypton guilty. 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 Could you imagine her going to the parlor and you've got, you know, the Molly Hatchet (laughs) reject sitting there with the pen and you go up and you say, I like Umbach taped, you know, stenciled to my, you know, as a tramp stamp. (laughs) (laughs) Observation. Yes. Like, if you're asking, notice, like, somehow, like, if you notice that girls sort of equate their experience with being obsessed with whatever the teen idol was when they were teenage. in their tweens to being nerdy. Like, I don't really think that's nerdy. I think that's just what all teen girls do. Yeah. But no, she needed to defend it, though. No, she was nerdy. She'd be listening to Beck. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had roommates that listen to Beck constantly. Uh, what else you got, Mike? Well, me, uh, my old high school friend, Jim, he brought up Attack of the Killer for Tomatoes and Firefly. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, no, Firefly was a good show. Firefly. 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 I love it. Yeah. Nobody it's hates Firefly. Firefly. Hmm. Apparently the network did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the network no one hated it. They weren't nerds, so. Yeah. Um, Hence the joke when um, the Avengers came out. It was so good that an executive from Fox came in halfway through the movie and uh, told them to cancel it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Whedon. Let me see. I also got... Let me see. Uh, you know what? I'll take one while you look, okay? Because right. I got one here. From our, our friend Sean Mills, who is henchman for hire yeah. at Twitter. Um, the Matrix sequels and the Clone Saga. Oh! God damn it! Okay, that Joe? He does love him some Ben Riley. Oh, oh, if, if there's anything that raises my nerd hackles, it's the Spider Man Clone Saga. Calm down, calm down. There is nothing that. Oh, that is just like the biggest F you to fandom there ever was and still exists. What about One Day More? Oh, I could, I could forgive him more. <laughs> I can forgive that. Oh, he also no. says that Ghostbusters 2 is awesome. I love Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 is awesome. It's not a bad but it's just a return of the plot of the first one. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you got so, a sweet ooze. It's not great, but I mean, it's still yeah. funny and fun. The moon, it, the moon's it's fine. Nemo! It has Nemo. 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 I know what the problem is. This is Carpathian. It's a good side. I'm a good thing with cool. No! No! 
mood slime. <laughs> and every single <laughs> time, the guts guys with the ghost you look at somebody and go, I love you. You're quoting Dan Aykroyd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might you find it? Yeah. I got two more here. All right. Uh, my co-worker Sean brought up The Shadow starring Alec Baldwin. All right. That's, I, I, you know what? I, I can't hate it. I can't hate on it. I like it too. Who knows what? I saw that in theaters. I can hate it. All I can yeah. say is that there's not enough suspension of disbelief in the world for me to to believe that a white guy is named Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> when Andy and I were working at Suncoast together, we nicknamed one of our regulars the Shadow. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he used to learn. Uh, he did. He would sort of sneak in and start talking to you. <laughs> about like whatever random nerdy topic he wanted <clears throat> and so if he came and into the store we had a code yeah. word where we would go who knows what evil birds to the mind of men <laughs> then we knew the shadow was in the store to look busy yeah, <laughs> yeah Steve um go put up the Clarence t-shirts yeah so um I got one more right, one more Mike what do you got Stephen Bailey he brought up Deep Space Nine Yep. The Vapor is not being a, just a one-hit wonder band in Star Trek Four, which I love Star Trek Four. That's my favorite. All right, I want to go back to Deep Space Nine for a minute. Because Star actually, Trek Four was the most successful Star Trek film until First Contact. Yes. Um, I thought Deep it Space was the number five movie of 1986. There's no reason to feel shame about liking that movie. Exactly. I actually thought Deep Space Nine, actually, it started off kind of boring, but I think once they brought the whole Dominion thing into it, it got better. I think a lot. I of thought, like, by season three or four, it really started to pick up a little bit, and it got really dark. Yeah, I, mean, I watched these. Actually, I know. I, no, I got, like, more into it. Like, that, like in the middle of the year, seasons, I got into it, and I went back and watched it, but that's when it got really, really good. Yeah, a lot of the hardcore Trek fans love Deep Space Nine. My understanding that DS9 is the best as far as the consensus among the Trekkie goes. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. All okay. right. That's how I understand it. So, all right. Now, I got two more. One does have a little story behind it. Um... Part of our You Got Some Splainin' to Do memes, I took the uh, cover from Van Halen 3, the Gary Sharon-led uh, Van Halen album, put, if you have anything positive to say about this album, you've got some splainin' to do. Yeah. Our friend John Wenske says, okay, you found it. I tried to defend this album to myself, because I really like Gary Sharon as a rock vocalist. I saw this tour four or five times as a result. It took uh. me ten years to admit it sucked as a Van Halen album. Sharon sang the old tune's great, but lyrics on VH3 were way too serious and religious for a party band, and I think they barely sold 300,000 copies. They didn't sell enough co copies of that to buy a fucking pack of Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I, I mean, the fact that he went to see it, what, four or five times? Yeah. You're really, you're trying real hard to convince The him. album came off the presses, the executives pulled them in, they said, you either get David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar, <laughs> Or we're dropping your ass from the label. And Gary Sharon, oddly enough, is now back with Extreme. Nuno. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, finally... Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I didn't think Hagar's state with the band was all that bad. Nah. Nah. We have that like, Hagar battle. Sometimes. I mean, I don't like Hagar's like Van Halen all that much. <laughs> mm. so, well, you don't have as much invested in it as some of us do, then. Yes, yeah. All right, and then finally, I've got Alex Fink, uh, who said, I am an intelligent, often discerning moviegoer who believes that Transformers Dark of the Moon is, Moon is an enjoyable film. Feel free to mock on this podcast. Oh, I shall mock. Hold on, I shall mock. I, mean, no, I shall defend. Okay. Oh, okay. I will, oh, okay. I will white knight the Transformers film and the career of Michael Bay. Oh, all right. Well, I think the we have. The floor is yours. 
We have we have a standoff. All right, Mike. For the prosecution. For the prosecution, Mike. So prosecution goes first. Go ahead. I saw all three of the original three Transformers movies in theater. I thought the third one was the worst of the batch because it it did the, with the cardinal sin of Michael Bay movies. It was boring. Isn't it longer than the Ten Commandments? It is, and there were like maybe two or three big action <laughs> moments of the, of the whole in the whole movie. After that, there was just it just focusing on Shia LaBeouf and his new girlfriend. <laughs> and, no, no, no. Sorry, and it and. It portrayed Optimus Prime as the biggest dickwad in the universe. Actually, from what I understand, he is. I mean, uh, he he lets Chicago get blown up to teach mankind a lesson that they can't try to treat. Uh, they can't trust the Decepticons. He's going to pick Detroit. And then, <laughs> he, uh, you know, no he's, he's got he's got his enemies Wait. at his mercy. They're they're begging for mercy. He shoots them in. The, he shoots one of them in the face. And buries an axe in the in the skull of the other one and pulls the spine out. Thank you, Optimus Prime. Thank you, Defender of Thank Earth. you for teaching us about love again. Yeah. Chris, you have something oh. to add to Mike's? No, I was saying Shia LaBeouf. Isn't he the unknown actor now? Yes, he is. Now he's back. All right. Do any of the... I, I haven't watched a second of any of them. Do any of them have wieners? No. Even if they did with the only... No, but they, the only they, did, have be, they did have Bumblebee pissing on... Uh, and one of them have to be like a tow truck or like a dirt devil or something. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even ever turn into like a scrambler or, or something useful, like a pan. No. no. Okay. No. All right, now for the defense. Steve. You guys like french fries? Yes. You know they're bad for you? Yeah. yeah. I walked in there with a giant pile of french fries and said, Hey, guys, free french fries. I just bought these at McDonald's. Wouldn't you eat them up no. in minutes? I don't, I don't like... It depends, because usually they, they, they get cold really fast. If there was a so white cream and substance, I don't know. know. <laughs> they would be gone in minutes. Okay? Big, dumb action movies are the french fries of entertainment. That's a good point. And all of those Michael Bay movies make all that money because they're just a steaming pile of hot french fries. But without the McDonald's, And we gobble them up. They have no salt on them, though. They are... Art pieces about taking not the line on the traditional plot and narrative and focusing just on the special effects and the action. There's the thinnest of plots and character development, so all they are there to do or to function as is to set up the next action sequence. And those action sequences are glorious. So wait, wait a minute. So you're saying you like every single solitary action movie that ever came out? No, no. Well, wait a minute. What happened to the no, French fries? They're all fries. Like, no, no. Let me finish. What I'm saying is that everybody's, everybody's, most people's favorite French fries are McDonald's fries, and Michael Bay movies are the McDonald's fries of action movies. From what I understand, they're the Arby's fries, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to throw Arby's in. Okay. Did Zac Efron make? Your Arby's are great. No, no, no. Arby's, Arby's are fries are really better than McDonald's. Oh, the regular. Yeah, but the curly fries are actually really good. <laughs> No, but, but if you're going for like Arby's, then we're talking about like maybe Shane Black movies. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay. So who's shining? Like, we're all blaming Michael Bay for ruining our childhood. <laughs> if you guys like the lore, if you read the comic books, if you watch the shows, those movies are swimming in as much detail and as much reference and as much use of that material that the Avengers movies are. The only major difference is the characters look way different. And if Shia LaBeouf is in the Transformers movies look like they did in the Generation 1 cartoon, nobody would be complaining because it had all the same call-outs. The plot of 
Dark of the Moon was ripped right out of the first season. You gonna be okay? <laughs> called the Ultimate Doom. Okay. Okay. That's that's actually, that is true. Dinobot stopped the flood by knocking down trees. <laughs> well, the funny thing is too, uh, is they didn't have like you know the hypno chips. That was the only thing. Or Doctor Archiville. <laughs> Remember him? <laughs> yeah. Where was Doctor Archiville? Oh, I think he needed to have Doctor cool. Archiville. I think they need to revisit that. Um, and also, Michael Bay kind of has a point in saying that like if I want everybody to like these, I need to put in human characters who fall in love with each yeah. other so that you're happy while you're watching the explosions. <laughs> I did hear. I actually did hear that in the last movie that at least with Mark Wahlberg. The human characters were a little bit more tolerable. Hey, Bumblebee, so much, no, no, they were much more better developed. As a matter of fact, Stanley Tucci's character got a lot more character development. Than does he play a dick like he does in every other movie? movie? Yeah, but no, he's redeemed on? by the end of the movie. He's okay. a total dick, and then he's like, "Oh, I was a dick. I'm sorry." But the funny thing is, we need someone to play a that's total a, dick. That's we need, we need him. All right, all right, so. All right, oh, Mike, you've got some now, too. Oh, yeah, all right. I'm not going to be able to read a few. All right, go ahead, Mike. Right, i got to go with Mike Trigolo here. Mike Trigolo put a few ones. Yeah. Um, he's defending Manimal. These are the cheesy effects. Did he ever turn into a donkey? I don't think so. No. <laughs> you remember Manimal, Adam? No. It had the great, what was his name, Simon Corkendale or whatever? Simon Nick Corkendale. Mick Corkendale. Who was also in Jaws 3 and got eaten by the shark. He was still, he was still in right. the shark, remember at the end? Yes. Um, man, After we'll he the, the bad effects. guy, I don't know how that happened. No, you know, it's funny, you turn like, you know, like an eagle or like a panther or something like that, or a snake. Yes. <laughs> Battle of the Planets due to being a Star Wars ripoff, and break in two just because. Hey, fuck him. <laughs> fuck him to hell. He's defending it. But, but break in two gave great. us, you know, X to Electric Boogaloo. Whatever you know, the funny thing was, yeah, our go-to uh, sequel title name. You know the funny thing I just found out? Yeah. That movie was seven months after the original. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Same year. Well, you know, it had such a gripping plot. I mean, how did they ever pull that on? Yeah. How did they get that done so quickly? It's just like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Someone defend a food. Here. What I remember is my sister and I begging our mo- mother to take us to see Break It. And then remembering <laughs> nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> did you, um, hey, did you wear your parachute pants? I have a friend of mine. Oh, a pair of parachute pants. I thought those were silly. I have a friend of mine wants to defend a food. All right, what's the food? One food: grilled cheese with ketchup on it. Uh, Ugh. She's defending it. That's what she's going with. Tomatoes, my grilled. Um, I put ketchup in my ketchup. I love ketchup. (laughs) Also, we have. uh, Let's see. Hold on, let me scroll down a little bit. (laughs) Um, Myrna is going to defend the Crash Test Dummy song. Oh, I like the Wear Down version better. Yeah, yeah, the weird, yeah that <laughs> um, I like the Weird Al version of every song Weird Al does. Oh, a friend of mine, uh, old friend of mine from my neighborhood. Weird Al is a misunderstood genius. Yes, he is. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Dale Q, a friend of mine from my old neighborhood, um, she is defending Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Why? Because Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a campy horror film that's hysterical. I'm going with her on that one. Killer Clowns from Outer Space? That's a great film. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny. You still get shit for liking that movie. That was an HBO favorite back in whenever the hell that Andy came. Andy Tatnall. No, it didn't, even, it didn't even rate HBO. That was Cinemax. That was Cinemax. That was Cinemax at 1 a.m. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Um, all right. Then we have Andy Tatnall, who liked Clippy, the Microsoft Office Assistant. <laughs> 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 That's the best one I've heard all day. Clippy. Even when you can change it to a puppy, it still sucks. Um, oh. <laughs> why didn't anybody make a meme of that one? Oh my god. Who knows? You know why? Because Andy got to it before we did. But also, <laughs> my buddy Jason, who actually, you know, him and I reconnected a few weeks ago, and um, he does a big movie thing in his house. So, we actually watched the timeless classic. Are you ready for this? 
Edward Penis Hands. Nope. Forrest Hump. Nope. His kids were there. Come on, you sicko. <laughs> All right. I got one word for you. No, I got one word. Rad. 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 Remember Rad? No. The kid that wants to be the BMX star, Crew Jones. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. The theme song was Break the Ice. Lori Laughlin, him, do the full dance and send me an angel by real life. I mean, that was classic film. Doesn't every kid Rad. want to be on a BMX thing? What do you want to say, Chris? Good. I remember the uh, Australian classic BMX Bandits. No, God. Oh, oh God. yeah. Nicole Kidman was in that one. So, all right. The magic dirt bike that it was basically Kirby on this dirt bike. I think so. I I don't know. There were, they, it, that was during like 1985, during the glut of uh, of dirt bike movies. <sighs> Any more? I'm good. Those, those good. ones that stuck out. All right. So let's begin with our own roundtable now of what we're going to defend. Steve, as you are our guest, you get to go first. All right. I'm going to defend the Matrix sequels. Okay. Which um. We already touched on, but I'm gonna now. I'm going to go into full-on nerd elitist mode. Please do. Go on. I'm waiting for that position. position. Uh, oh, 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 no! If you okay, if you didn't like The Matrix Reloaded, you're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Right. Uh, <laughs> and this is why. My mom says okay. Oh, so <laughs> very familiar. We're all we were all familiar with that film. It's you know Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> For the last time, no, you don't. Essentially, the Wachowskis' answer to Star Wars, you know, follows the same progression. You know, it, it was everything we all expected. Other than, you know, that the mind fuck that everybody who watched that movie that never watched anime before didn't see coming, which was they're all inside a computer. You know, I remember my girlfriend at the time going, being, I was totally blown away by that. And I was like, really? You didn't see that coming? Oh, that's right. You didn't watch Japanese animation <laughs> while you were a virgin. My point being that that movie, the first film, follows that story progression the way that we've all been trained to expect it to do. Only in a very modern way for 1990. The second film, in addition to having uh, better staged action sequences, has an additional component at the very end. And this is where we get to the mindfucker in the second film, which, if you're not as well versed in all of nerddom and Japanese animation and science fiction and fantasy and all the shit you've been reading all the time because they weren't making a lot of television that was relevant to your interests. Right. Is a bigger mindfuck because at the end, Neo encounters the architect. And what does the architect tell him? Everything you just experienced in the first film. Everything that was leading up to now. Everything that you were told was true was in fact a big fat fucking lie that we worked right into the matrix as another means of controlling you. I am the architect, but please call me Larry. Hey, Larry. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> I created the matrix and several popular video games, including Cubert and Dick Duck. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't create Frogger, but I came up with the name for it. The robots knew about Joseph Campbell and the hero 
with a thousand faces, and they worked that into the Matrix so that they could use that as another means of manipulating and controlling the humans. It's fucking brilliant. Every single fucking movie that we watch with that goddamn storyline over and over again, and terrible movies that do the same thing and suck at it, like Green Lantern. (laughs) Every single one of those movies, every single one of those movies that has been using that, including the first Matrix movie, gets turned on its head at the end of of Matrix Reloaded. The architect flips it right over and says, yeah, no, that was, we worked that in because we know how humans work. We studied your fiction. We knew that if we made a person the one that they would realize this destiny and they would come here and they would do it exactly what I expect you to do right now. So that sets up the plot of the third film, which isn't as good, but at least has some components that make it interesting, like Trinity dying. Trinity had to die. What? I didn't didn't see it. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler Spoiler alert. It said spoiler alert. <laughs> How long have it been? <laughs> well, here's fuck you. All right. <laughs> all right, you bring up a lot. All right, a lot of good. There's an upward limit to the amount of time I will worry about spoilers. <laughs> I, I guess sarcasm doesn't translate. What makes Neo different is that instead of having a profound love for his entire race, he has a profound love for one person. The point is that Trinity has to die, because Trinity is Neo's connection to the world. Without Trinity, Neo is able to make the ultimate sacrifice, because he's got nothing left to live for. Okay. So we got a Trinity death. So Trinity death is really important. And then he gets to the machine city. He confronts the machines. He gets there, and the machines say, what do you want? And he says, I want peace. He doesn't have a boss fight with the machines. He's (laughs) for peace. And it goes in and kills awesome. Smith, and we get our end. Awesome. Awesome. Right. The point right. is that it doesn't end with beating the machine. It ends with Neo being the savior of two people. Okay, All so right. now, rebuttal. Anybody? I, I will. I'll All right, Jim. Steve. Steve, can you hear me? Yes. Do you, do you like onion rings? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I don't. And to me... Drop the mic and walk away. You have to leave. Sexual chocolate! <laughs> I believe she is my future. Holy shit. All right. Anybody else have to re- have a rebuttal? I, I think this one's gone on long enough. Yeah. Right, let's, let's I like the fight on. scene in the second one. That's about it. All right. <laughs> the original Matrix. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the sequel ruined the original for me. I cannot watch the original now without thinking of the sequel and being like, oh. Really? I'll look at this way. Teach their own. If you yeah. love it, hey, man, good for you. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. All right. So, um, no. Mike, yeah, it's your turn, buddy. It's my turn. All right. Well, <laughs> Mike uses to clean the table after. I'm going to defend something that I'm going to show you right now. Um, one of the greatest films I ever grew up with as a kid when I was about eight. It's a timeless classic. Had some great actors in it, actresses too, and we're talking about Megaforce, baby. From the director who brought you Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper. Cannonball Run comes the ultimate spectacle. Megaforce, 
an elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. The mission to preserve freedom and justice and battle the forces of evil. The good guys always win, even in the 80s. Megaforce. <laughs> now hear me out on this first off I'm going to say yes it's a fucking cheesy movie I will definitely agree with that now but thanks for letting I mean, us know thanks yeah you're welcome but as an 8 year old I love that movie alright you're talking about here's the thing it was a phantom army of super elite fighting men whose weapons are the most powerful science can devise I am reading this from Wikipedia, folks. All right. <laughs> got it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the thing. Hey, there was no Red Butler in this. What the <laughs> hell? It's a dangerous world of a lone crusader. I think at the time, like I said, at the time, it was just dumb excitement and action. All right? It's kind of like your Michael Bay theory. You know, the same thing. This is the French fries in my time. Have you okay? heard, have you heard and, about the sequel? Hmm? Have you heard about the sequel? Yeah. Okay, the destruction of Jerry Jerry's <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, but here's the thing. You're talking about the star power of Barry Bostwick, okay? We got Barry Bostwick coming off. That's an oxymoron. Coming off a trial. Versus Kambada, who, come on, she's fucking hot. Coming off the Warrior of the Lost World. <laughs> we have Michael Beck of Warriors fame. Okay. All right. Edward Mulher, who was also popular during the Knight Rider series. And we also had Henry Silva, who was anyway. Yeah. But, a wonderful know, Portuguese actor. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, what I loved about the movie was it was just dumb action. You just had great, you know, like I said, these guys, they get into big vehicles, they got lasers come out of them, freaking missiles come out of them. They go and just blow up shit and they just get out. That's what it was. It was dumb. You didn't give a shit about the plot. Hey, you had Transformers. Fun. Pretty much. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, you like jalapeno poppers. Cash browns. The funny thing was... The important put it was, it was a live-action adaptation of G.I. Joe that wasn't called G.I. Joe. Pretty much. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, funny, no one, and no one died. And all the missiles went basically all over the place. It's kind of funny. Cause I remember watching like one of the scenes where it's like, I think he's like bottle rockets for like the missiles. And if you look closely, you can see some of the some just going all over the place. Um, my, my uh, takeaway from it, first of all, oh. my, my takeaway from Megaforce is, first of all, it's very fortunate that every time they had to make a getaway on a vehicle, they were in front of a blue screen when they were doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and secondly, and now see, this goes back to Suncoast. Um, I remember that being like, the movie so bad, they couldn't even bother to make box art for it. They just took like a still from the movie, <laughs> slapped it on the, on the box, and it never went below fourteen ninety nine. That's how you know a movie sucks. Yes, it's exactly. the cover of the film from the film. Right, right. Or, a Holly, or something from Hollywood uh, Productions. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Chris. But, you know, but funny thing is, you know, like I said, bottom line is it was fun. It was just fun, dumb action. You know, yeah. like I said, when you're eight years old, you want to just see things just basically. You just want to see the hero blow up shit. When I was and then eight years old, I mean, you're not thinking about, oh, I want this, you know, super intricate plot. And trust me, Andy, you want an intricate plot at eight years old. Come on. At eight years uh, old, I wanted to see boobs and things blow up. There well, we I wanted go. to see that, too. That's, well, you what know what? Actually, that's why I caught Porky's later that night. That's okay? right. That's what it is. <laughs> so now, I'm going to so, defend Mike on this. All right. Okay. Because in the 80s, my third favorite show was Solid Gold. <laughs> <laughs> and they dressed like they were the Solid Gold dancers. So. Absolutely. But the funny thing is also... Marches pilot for me, buddy. I like it. <laughs> it's funny. Right a friend of mine had the Matchbox toys. And was that friend named Michael? No, it wasn't me, actually, believe it or not. Well, you were an only. You had every toy known. You know who directed that movie? You're an only. 
The great Hal Needham from Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run. Cannonball Bandit. Those are his best movies. Hey. All right. That's clear. Chris, your turn. Well, I'm going to defend the Benny Hill show. Nice. Also starring Ted and Tilly Todd as the Dunnies. Well, what, what the hell's that for? That's for being a lousy lover. <laughs> What's that for? That's for knowing the difference. <laughs> There's no need to defend it. There's There's no no. Awesome. No, it was awesome. Awesome. When you look at British comedy lists, always you find it either at the bottom of the list or off the list. Really? Because it's like Monty Python, there's... The Flying Wankers. Sure, <laughs> every episode was the exact same setup, only yeah. in a different order. It had the greatest sight gag of all time, though, with the water hose, and you look like he's peeing, and then you turn around. <laughs> no, that was cool. <laughs> I will admit, the, the A-Team episode was pretty damn funny. The B-Team. The B-Team. Yeah. I don't remember this. All my memories... Clever. All my Everybody memories... walking by, I'm going, hi, Edible. Even though he's in disguise. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> they have a little old guy with the mohawk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, why are you defending? What's your, well, what's your defense of it? Good. Well, I was a fan of slapstick. I loved the Three Stooges. I loved all that double entendre stuff, like from uh, Three's Company and all that stuff. So I was a fan of Benny Hill from the start. I loved... Uh, Channel 56. Yeah. I mean, I loved all the um, like silent... That was my favorite part was the silent film scenes, you know, they're running fast and stuff. Yeah, yakety sex. Every time right. you see a chase scene, you always hear That's the Benny Hill scene. Yeah. I'm pretty much a vampire running the Twilight Saga. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. I remember my mother used to tell me, I used to sit in front of the TV and like, you'd be on like, what was it, you know, Channel 2 or whatever. And I, so my mother said, yeah, you'd sit up there, you'd be three years old watching and just laughing hysterically. You had no idea what the fuck you were watching, but you used to watch that thing all the time. You had no idea what the hell you were watching. There is a, right. it is a product of its time, though. I mean, they did have some race stuff, you know. Remember, um, what's Chow Mein? Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they come walking out with, like, the sandpan hats? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. That would fly. All right. So, uh, before we move on to Joe, I do want to point out that we got a very angry letter on our uh, Facebook page here, which, by the way, 188 followers now. Yeah. In a month, we, we have added 100 people. Thank you. Being angry here. We've got many fans, whether they're like other people. we got rock fans on there. I'll tell you, we got many different types of people. So right. thank you to all those people yeah. that, uh, that uh, got into Geek South. Thank you so much, friends. Facebook. Great, great. Awesome. All of you guys need to play <laughs> OCD TV. Yes. Oh, I, I have. I have. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, but this is one people, one person that does not like us. So it reads as follows. <clears throat> Dear American Hosers. Tonight is the night I am exonerated in the eyes of you American bastards that have mocked my extraordinary singing and songwriting credentials for the past two and a half decades. My anthems are blasting through couple skates and shoot the duck contest at roller rings in North America before many of you were wearing your first pair of rainbow suspenders. An unnamed member of Geek Salad Crew will be defending my decade defining record, my record reckless this evening. No longer will I be opening up for the honeymoon suite at Moose Knuckle Fairgrounds. I will no longer be blamed for the decline of Space Invader sales at the local arcades. <laughs> Eat shit and bark at the moon. Affectionate yours, B. Adams. <laughs> Belinda Adams? Now, when I bought Brian Adams Reckless... It was a dark time in my life, and I, I felt as though that... You know, Wait, come on, Jim, you're defending this? 
Yes! Oh, shit! I like Brian Adams' reckless, too. That was a good record. It yeah. was a good record. It was. I mean, who didn't get to second base at the uh, Mushrooms at the Roller King to play guitar? Are you going to play it? I can kind of play it. All right. No, you got to do it justice. If you don't, then put the guitar away. Oh! Go eat your French fries. You're going to be dead putting up pressure on me. Oh, God. All right. Jeff, no, was, you know what? Well, incidentally, that follows the same chord progression as Kesha's Die Young. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same producer, isn't it? Wilhelm Street? Now it has cut me to the big well, No, because the Brian Adams okay, has yeah, an yeah, oversight. Wilhelm Street was Jamie Horton's text texting me. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, All right. So, anyways, it was. It came out at a dark time. It's 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 got some soft ballads. It's got some heavy rockers. So what if he had a face that looked like a crouton? <laughs> so what if he wore black leather and he was like the Canadian Fonzie? You all had the record and you liked it too. The Canadian Fonzie. <laughs> I have a set. So I, the next time you're feeling a little blue, I suggest you pull out Reckless and you put your your leg warmers on and your rainbow suspenders. <laughs> Jimmy, you'll feel a lot better, I swear to God. So you've got to pick one song off the album. Which one did you like the most? Oh, I need somebody. Somebody like you. <laughs> what about you? I like that song. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, I, like I gotta imagine. You weren't at Roller Kingdom playing with the claw, trying to get like the stuffed crayon out of the machine when that was blasting. Come on, it's a good record. Actually, I'll admit, actually, I like Run to You. That was a good song. That was another album. That was on Reckless. No, Run to You is on Reckless. It is on Reckless. It is on Yeah. That's so why yeah, I bought Reckless that. was the that's album. That's the reason why I bought that album. Reckless I thought was it was Cuts Like a Knife. No, no, that was it for no. Oh, Brian like Adams, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, Jim, Cuts Like a Knife is the denim jacket album. Reckless is the leather jacket album. Right. Okay. Right. So, all right, Joe, what what do you got? All right. Isn't anybody going to attack it? No. No, we all like it. I liked it. Oh. <laughs> all I remember is in marching band uh, in 1993, I don't know, whatever year, um, <sighs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 so in all our band competitions, at least two bands, did the music from Robin Hood. Oh, God. Yeah, you got a problem with Ryan Adams was the exciting yeah, member of that trio. And they all did all for, or uh, not all for one. No, that's his worst thing. His second worst thing was, uh, whatever that song is. Everything I do, I do not. Yeah, I'm not totally that thing's funny or informative right now. Well, God. This uh, cover of Slayer's so, South of Heaven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anything positive Brian Adams has ever done was ruined by having anything to do with Disney's three months and 50 years. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about Brian Adams as an artist. I'm just talking about a singular record. All right. Joe, what do you got? All right. I got to defend this. It's been getting a lot of hate lately, and that's the Amazing Spider-Man, the reboot. Ooh. One and two. One, I, one I like one. Two, I will not agree. No, I'm behind you on this no. one. Two, hmm? two. I was confused. I got up to take a piss. I came back and there was a whole new villain and a new storyline. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I think 
I think something happened to my copy, and I and then I did it. You know, I was like, oh, I gotta pee again. I came back, and there was a new villain, a new storyline. I'm like, am I watching a fucking TV series or a movie? I was very confused by two. Is this Twin Peaks? <laughs> like completely. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? And it was. It was one of those situations where I was in too deep to stop, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to stay on the ride. If I jump off now, I might die. (laughs) I will say this. I I understand the criticism, but I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I think he does a better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. I agree. I know. I'm gonna that I agree with. I like him better. He was a better Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire has a strange speech about it that I don't like. Was that, Steve? No, Andrew Garfield, his his rendition of Spider-Man, and essentially in the script, is that he's actually wisecracking. Right, exactly. Like we expect Spider-Man to do that. Tobey Maguire didn't. See, right. he, I prefer wise-cracking to crying. Yes. See, he's a better Spider-Man, <laughs> but Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker. I agree with that. It's I mean, almost, it was like, way it's almost like taking, like, Guns N' Roses, like, Live and Let Die and putting Paul McCartney's voice behind it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't throw in Rocket Queen in that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I will say this about you know I wanted to hate them, but I just couldn't. I can't. I can't hate them. I, I no. I I, I did like. It and you know what? And I and I'll, I'll tell you this. I bet you if it was a Marvel produ- if Marvel produced the same movie, everybody'd be coming their pants over it. That is right. I anyway, agree. Is because if <laughs> Sony, it, it would have been the young adult Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And he would have had his assless pants on. He'd be, doing I, the pop, he'd be doing the popcorn trick exactly. in the movie from Diner. <laughs> no, see, if Marvel had done it, this would, that movie would not have been made. Exactly. No, no, no. The whole movie was designed to be a lot of butter on see, um, just a Sinister Sticks and Venom build up. Right. It, was not, it was not designed to be a, its own movie. And that was, that was a downfall. It was trying to fit too much in. I, I do enjoy, though, when, when he's like, I'm done being Spider-Man. And it's so, like all this crime is happening. It's like, uh, yeah, if only you had more superheroes in the city of New York. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy concept that is. Spider-Man has always kind of been about him against the world, though. Yeah, but he's always had the human torch to bail him out when necessary. Oh, oh, no Amazing Spider-Man 2, best use of bullet time ever. For which I'll scene? That, yeah. I'll, I'll do, the, the, no, the scene where he's in the city block and he's I'm fighting aware. Electro... Uh, and oh yeah, that, that one in that sequence with the with the firemen and everything else, you know that 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 it's sort of like you know in the second act somewhere. Yeah, and he <laughs> like rescues like a bunch of people from being electrocuted. Mm-hmm. That and, and and what he's trying to save Gwen, and they show the the slow motion spider web reaching down, and it's almost like a hand. Yeah, that was, that was kind of creepy. Actually. Yeah. Um, Snap. You mean Gwen dies? Has red bones. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, it hasn't been out there for 40 years now. That right. Dead. Right. Everybody. All right. Mike, your turn. Just as I pay you, pay, pay you chip. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, Choke that on. salty bitch down. You got it. Well, All right. I shall, I shall start off by defending Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. There's no need to defend. There's no need to I think I'm the only one in this room who doesn't like that movie. I cannot hate that movie. Simply because that was the first movie, that, that was my first date movie. First movie, the movie that I went on my first ever date. Did oh, you, did you do the popcorn trip? Ironically, no. Bogus uh, Journey is my first ever date. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of Bogus Journey, honestly. 
but Excellent Adventure is one, I think, one of the funniest movies ever made, and it is the best role Keanu Reeves has ever had. Where he plays himself. Exactly. Wait a second, you're talking to the guy who defended the Matrix. His most natural role. Bill. What? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No, 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 I'm in violent agreement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the name of a band. No, that's not. Violent Agreement. Sounds like the theme for like a redneck wedding. Violent Agreement. All right, cigarettes, roll them up in your sleeve and let's go. I mean, I think that it's definitely a product of its time. Dude, well, everything's a product of its time. Nimbus Khan goes on on a rampage in a sports shop. Look, that is so cool. Because something's dated isn't a valid criticism. Yes. Well, yeah, no, I agree with that. But let me... That's the one with the Ziggy Piggy. Yes. Yes. All right. I actually did do the Ziggy Piggy for my daughter the other day when she's (laughs) eating this gigantic ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I get right up in her face and I'm like, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. I hope she hauled up and clocked. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're saving for her therapy. The pig, thus proving that he's a Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> We've all said four, four, and seven minutes ago. <laughs> We've all said that. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Adam, your turn, buddy. Oh, boy. So many things, so little time. Okay, here you go. All right, the Hulk movies. The Hulk movies. Even the one where he fights the giant poodle. Yes. Oh, oh god. God. That god. one, I, I got a kick out of that one because they, the way they put the movie together was like a comic book. Yeah, a little bit of action here, a little bit of action there. The way well, they pulled around, I don't know. I thought it was interesting the way they put the movie together. Really creative with that movie. Yeah, I love that. I, I thought it was, it was different. Yeah. Okay, the giant poodle, like that kind of stuff was. Yeah, but whatever. It was, it was the, it was. I don't know. I thought it was a good movie, and then the the next Hulk movie that came out, I was like, holy shit, this is great. That was really good. Yeah, the Incredible Hulk was they, excellent. They interject some, you know, bullshit. Like, you know, there, there's some tenderness between the Hulk, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, whatever. They gotta seek that in. So, so I don't think I don't think anybody really hates the Incredible Hulk. No, I, I, I really think it's, it's yeah. the passable Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, whenever I mention the Hulk movies, uh, I get. I think the Hulk movies. He really hate the first one. The second one, no, really good. The funny thing with the Ang Lee one. one was actually someone else said the same thing you said. It was like the way he designed it was like a comic book. He had yeah. little slides going from one section to another, oh, that and that was, was cool. the whole idea he was looking for. If you had a real place. villain, it would have been a classic. What I didn't like about yeah. that movie, like I said, I like the fact that it was Hulk out, but what I like about it was like I don't know. They had like too much. There was too much screwed up parts about Bruce because, like, that was supposed to come like later in the stuff. I think they started with well, that. Well, yeah, but all the comic book movies are right. fast forward. Right, right. Have to, you right. Have to, no, but in the sense that you didn't really have to in that case. But there were parts of that I did like. So I'm with you on that one. Steve, what do you got? Uh, okay, the Incredible Hulk. The first thing being uh, uh, Nick Nolte's soliloquy there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Elliott in an cut one. He's such a fucking train wreck. I think it's fantastic they found him in the gutter. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, wake up! Nick, someone give him a someone give him a cocoa puff. Get this guy a little cocaine. We gotta wake him up. We gotta shoot the scene real quick. He needs an eight ball. 
entire time. He's like, bro, what, what are we doing? He's like, oh, good. All right, let's give him some makeup. I'm like, no, he's not in makeup. And, but I will mention this. We did an episode of OCD TV where we did the best and worst of movie monsters and aliens. Yeah. And Poodle Hulk. <laughs> nice. On, on the worst list. Understandably. You, you gotta like, give How old do you think you could have had the Hulk fight if he fight the Poodle? <laughs> you gotta give Nick Nolte Zero percent of the people in the world wanted to see that. <laughs> you gotta give Nick Nolte credit though. He played every member of the of the Hulk's Rogues Gallery in one movie. Oh yeah. It wasn't the leader. Oh beep beep fucking beep. Who's got a can of Schlitz for, for old Nicky here? <laughs> that's, that's how I paid him. Yeah. Cans of warm Schlitz. <laughs> And a copious absence of razors or a hair product anywhere in his uh, trailer. Uh, they just, they just kept failing him out of jail. Right? All right, so get the cattle fraud. He's behind the dumpster. You'll carry, you'll carry my bail bond for how long? Okay, I'm in. <laughs> you had me at probation. <laughs> how much for a three-day AA check? <laughs> Who wants to see Nick bend over? <laughs> I wasn't called donkey style Nick during Canary Row for nothing. Poor Nick. Alright, but Jim, what do you got? Me? Yeah. We were talking about somebody you said you know he did Brian Adams. Yeah, but I got another one. Okay. Has we done one round so far? I haven't gone yet. Andy, when well, you go, then we'll no, go back. Yeah, actually when you right. go, and then yeah. I'll we can we'll Alright. Well, just like everybody else is here with their movies, I'm going to go with Dune, the 1984 David Lynch classic with a K. I like Dune. Um, I, Darren Huffman in a lot of the flame, flaming blimp in the, in the history of cinema. Actually, he was more flamingly blimpy in uh, the sci-fi channel, the Swi-Fi channel uh, versions. I oh, no, he wasn't, he wasn't that flaming. But, um... Sifi, yes. Let's just drool about the babe a little bit. Just about, I mean, just like kind of like with Mike with Megaforce, it's just, I saw, it was like, one of the first movies ever kind of got to go see Solo without my parents. It it was my first PG-13 movie, so I was 12, so. That was bucking the system. Well, Dune is, to have your nerd and geek right, you've got to watch Dune. I mean, Well, not only do you have to watch Dune, you have to be able to quote it at a moment's notice. Which every single one of us but can. Yes, exactly. We can all quote that movie. The Sleeper. We, we, we just don't want to. All of us, okay, how many of us read any of the novels before we saw that movie? No, I did not. Nope. But I've read them all since. But now we've all read them. Yes. And we're like, oh, wow, the adaptation wasn't that great, but that was the whole reason we started watching this. And also, every time I start a quote from this, everybody knows what it's talking about. Okay. But... I've got another point that's going to back this up even better than anything else, because I'm 100% behind the Andy on this one. Uh-huh. Okay. I showed that movie, because it's on Netflix, to my son four years ago when he was 10. And he fucking loved it. He loved every goddamn minute of that movie. Nice. He got up to go to the bathroom at one point, and I paused it. I'm like, you want to keep watching? He's like, yeah, Daddy, this is awesome. <laughs> my ten-year-old son loved that movie. Now, granted, most ten-year-olds might be a little bit bored, but this is a nerdy kid being raised by a nerdy dad. Fair enough. And and and, and if you, 
and so if you've got some nerdy kid watching this going, wow, this is cool, it means that, like, it's introducing him to concepts that he's unfamiliar with that he thinks are kind of neat. Yeah. And, and, and for a lot of us, that was also an introduction to David Lynch. That's true. And we've all watched quite his film since then. And we, I've been I'm able to, you know, jab him back into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I mean, the one thing about, like, watching a movie before you see the, read the books, I uh, start like the weirding modules and stuff like that. I think it's easier for a kid to understand that it's not like this mystical power. You need a weapon to do it with. Mm-hmm. Triggers don't work, so here's the power of my voice. <laughs> now, um, Steve, you and I had a conversation offline a few days ago about um, the quote, my uh, my name has become a killing word. Yeah. Which, by the way, worst conversation starter for a first date ever. You used that as a pickup line? Even he wouldn't have done that. What's that? Boy, oh, you never mind. You're lagging a shut down that night. <laughs> 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 no, the wording module was essentially just like a box with like a smaller box sticking off one of the corners. Yeah, speaking of boxes. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Everybody, everybody who's ever watched the movie, because I have actually, I never read the books. I know tons of people who've read it, and they say they're great books, and it's actually on my list. But every person who's read the book and then saw the movie hated it because of the way it ended. And they said it just flies in the face of it the actual It flies in the face of all of the books that came afterward. But don't you think they probably thought that it was probably going to do well and that they were going to make more? Well, yeah, I mean, the intent was, like, hey, let's try and make another Star Wars. Yeah, all that right. Was, that's, that's what they all were. David Rentis' entire career is trying to do other things that were successful. Do other people. Not working. Joe, well, the, I think that for a lot of us, Dune was that first movie that made us realize where we read the book, it was like, wow, the books are actually better than the movies. You know? Yeah. For me, it was. Yeah. It was, because I, I saw the movie first. Then I read the books. I was like, "Wow!" It's where I realized that books are generally better than the the movies that, that are made from them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've read them all, and I mean, I've read a lot. I've read the three prequel books. I haven't read the prequels to the prequels because those, that's just bullshit. Um, <laughs> but I just find it funny too that now with like our our normal interpretations of Dune. Like, there's this children's book out called Goodnight Dune. Oh, <laughs> oh that's hilarious. And oh, all God. of the imagery is is essentially based on artwork from the, from the 1984 movie. In the great no room, there was a floating baron, and a view of two moons, and a picture of Shai Hulud bursting out of the dune. And there were three Fadaikin recruits fighting in still suits, and two Imperial Sardaukar, and a pair of Gamjabar, and a little toy keep, and a young Muad'Dib, and maker hooks, and a Chris knife, and a bowl full of the water of life, and a Bene Gesserit witch, whispering, they tried, and died. You know, the sandworms have, like, the like the, the three-split mouth, and the Baron, Baron Harkonnen looks like the one in the movie. He does? He does? He does. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, Steve, what's your number two? Actually, can I just go back one yep. quick thing? Oh, one second, Steve. What's one up? quick thing. Yeah. How come a lot of people, I know, like, Andy, you said you never liked it. Remember the extended cut they they put out on TV at one point? 
why do people not like that? Because what I liked about that was it kind of filled in some plot holes of things like you didn't know about. That's what that's what I liked about it. Just, it just kind of added okay. a few things. The movie was already two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like with but the, you all like the super dork versions of Lord of the Rings. I mean, because those weren't boring. Those were, yeah, those weren't boring. boring. Yeah, I'm not saying Dune was, was exciting at times, but no, it was just some things that it added a few things. I just like to narrate a little bit better. It just gave a little more of a plot. Gave me a little more of the back the background before the movie started. Like you know, oh what with the artwork and and, and like my grandfather uh, doing a narration for exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. Like, it's just one of those things, I think, like, that, um, so, sometimes uh, a lot is just too much. Okay. And, um, it's, it's like with the Abyss director's cut. The Abyss is, is an okay movie, and I, I really do mean okay movie. Yeah. I like that. But the last thing it needed to be was, was longer. longer. No, I yeah, agree. I agree yeah, with that. I agree with that. I mean, it's like, I mean, I like a lot of people's imaginations. Mm. I mean, I just I like doing it enough. It was just nice to see like a few little extra scenes, like you know how the water of life was made. You know, I thought that was kind of it was just interesting to see where that came from. Which is know? also not at all what's in the book. No, I know, I agree. But that's the whole yeah movie. That's why everybody hates. Like, a lot of people don't like. I it. actually just watched a documentary called uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Apparently, this movie is going to be made in the seventies by this crazy Mexican director. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. In your Spielberg, in your Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Now we're actually Guillermo del Toro, too. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be awesome. Kickstarter, everybody. Kickstarter. Yeah, Zach Braff can do it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, all right, Steve, what's, what's up with you? Well, my original number two was Michael Bay at Bayformers, but we talked about that. Yes, okay, so what's your number three then? Okay, so my number three um, is Shaving, um, which if you don't know what that reference is, I'm sorry. It's Sipple and Ollie. I don't know if everybody remembers that. Never mind. My number three is Return of the Jedi. It's a better movie than The Empire Strikes Back for a lot of really important reasons. The first one being six. I I missed that, buddy. What did you say? I said, I said, I said, Return of the Jedi is yeah. better than Empire. The yeah. number one reason being I was six at the time. Ah, <laughs> but, ah. But, but, but yeah. the whole point being that no. the, the, the first real memory I have of experiencing absolute 100% joy was the final battle sequence in Return of the Jedi. That three-tier battle, surface of Endor, in space. Yeah, that that battle scene was better than anything in Star Trek Empire. Look, it's there. Now, I understand there's a lot of debate about this, um, especially with the Ewoks and, you know, just being cutesy and trying to sort of directly appeal to kids and and a lot of people involved saying, look, it's just all about the money and merchandising at this point. But I haven't really watched anything that compared to that final third act. In Return of the Jedi, we have three battles all happening simultaneously, all influencing each other, and all having an impact on the plot. I just thought it was great. And my problem with people defending Empire as being a better movie is Empire is an incomplete film. It's a cliffhanger. You have to wrap your series up eventually. And defending it as a better film is sort of like saying, well, I mean, this is a positive series. This is, especially if you watch the first book. This is about, you know, good crimes being over. So the third film is the payoff. That's your reward for suffering through the stress of three years of waiting for them to finally, you know, finish it. And that's really, I mean, it's more like a visceral childhood experience 
uh, for, for why I try to defend it. Um, I mean, other than that, I, I don't really know. I mean, I guess Lucas could have done some other things with it that would have made the fans happier, but... No teddy bears. You know, Daniel <laughs> teddy bears. Am I the only guy who thinks it's kind of like, okay, he made these cute little teddy bears, but they were also trying to, like, cook alive a bunch of other sentient creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes them a little bit scary. I mean, that's almost like, you know, a little bit of horror film. <laughs> it's the first like, movie. Like the bunny and like, Monty Python. Thing, and now it's going to be But I already did my Michael Bay thing, so I don't really have more to say other than, yeah. Well, I gotta, I mean, I'll defend you to the point where I said, it's the first time I've ever actually went to a movie and the theater started cheering when the Emperor got thrown down that back. Yep. That was superseded by when Ren won the dance contest in Footloose. Everybody started cheering <laughs> at the Marlboro Twin Cinemas. <laughs> but before that, I can actually, I can actually totally see where he's coming from because, I mean, when, when I grew up, my first Zion Price Shakes Back, I mean, the whole movie was basically, let's beat the crap out of a Luke. I first he gets his, uh, beat gets, you know, slashed by the uh, Wampa. He, he gets, Beaten, the, beaten up the hell by uh, Yoda, and he gets his hand sliced off by his father. So yeah. I mean, yeah. And then he got Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It was, you but, know, he was a, he was a very visceral memory. But the vil- coming out of Empire Strikes Back, and my father holding me. I was three or four at the time. Eighty, eighty, yeah, eighty. See, I saw, I saw. Okay, so I was three. My dad cradling me in his arms. I'm crying and bawling because Han Solo was frozen in Garden Knight and they didn't save him yet and Luke got his hand cut off and my dad is like patting me on the head assuring me no they're going to make another one and it's okay everything's going to be fine so, <laughs> that may also color my opinion that, that's, that's, that's why I don't come on you know it's really all about the slave Leia costume let's all talk about what we're really thinking here Adam was saying it's a it is a generational thing because I was I saw Empire Strikes Back in 82 when they had one of the re-releases, mm-hmm. and I was nine nine years old at the time, and I loved Empire Strikes Back because the build-up to that lightsaber fight between, and the and the, the fight between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker at the end the was, and the ad yeah, yeah, I was like, the wow, this is awesome. But the difference is, Chris, Andy, and I were, how old are you? We were. No, I'm six. No, I was nine. I was nine. So yeah. I was nine. And I remember distinctly seeing because Andy and I. I think Andy and I are the same. Our favorite episode is four. Mine's four. Actually, I well, I can't. Oh, who cares? Right, anyway, my my point is that Adam even said it, and he's very right. It's generational, depending on how old you are. Yeah. Because I so, saw it is generational, and as a matter of fact, my son. Well, Jar Jar. I mean, it's 13 I now, and oh like, I keep saying, so the next movie comes out, we're going to watch them all again. Yeah. But, like, we watched, but I met, I must have watched them with him all at once when he was, like, seven or eight years old. Yeah. And he fucking loves Jar Jar. And it's <laughs> yeah, like my son, too. Show him the Star Wars PSA. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... No, 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 we're going we're gonna to watch him. Before seven comes out, I'm, we're going to watch him in the machete order. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. One, two, three. Yo, anyway, what, uh, explain no, no, that. No, no, it, 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 it's, okay, the machete order is, okay, you watch 
four and five. Yep. Okay. Nice. All right, and then and then you watch two and three as a flashback. Okay. Who came and up with this? And then you watch six. Yep. Right. And then and, and then you just ignore episode one at all. You don't have to watch episode one. It's kind of like ancillary, but you can watch that at the end, just kind of for fun. But the point is, you you because you watch because episode one doesn't add anything to the plot. But if you but if you take it in sense of like the big reveals, it's sort of like okay, you had never seen any of the movies before. Watching the prequels ruins the big reveal of Darth Vader being true. Luke Skywalker's yeah, father. Right. So you have to have that happen before you watch any of the prequels. So right. you watch episodes four, I can see that five, then watch two and three, and then watch episode six. So the resolution to the four movies you just watched. Yeah, but you don't get to have that racist alien piccaninny that they decided to. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's only if you want to watch them in that order and you insert one after. That is, na- that is my. Yeah, son's I remember in episode favorite. three, remember when you saw Jar Jar, you yelled out, "It's your fault!" <laughs> that one scene with Jar Jar, remember the like, idea? The there was actual talk that they may actually have him in the seventh one. I think it's horseshit. I think, it's horseshit. and they may yeah, kill him off. Good. Just for shits and giggles, because everybody hated Funny the story. Blow him out the airlock, yeah. like in Robot Funny Chicken. story. Speaking of this guy, Dungeons and Dragons, we were playing a Star Wars RPG game about a year ago, where I actually played a Gungan scoundrel. Uh-huh. And he was, like, a total dick, and I basically played him like a Jamaican gangster. <laughs> uh, and it was terribly, terribly, terribly racist, but even the rabbi laughed. Well, <laughs> it's pretty hard not to be a Gungan and not be horribly racist. Right. I mean, Jesus. So, all right, well, let's move on. Mike, what's your what's your next one? Oh, my next one. Yeah. It's a timeless band. You ready for this? Oh, no. Jim's ready. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got one word for you. Jim, you yeah. ready? Asia. Ah! It was the heat <laughs> of the moment, <laughs> repelling chicks everywhere. <laughs> it was the heat of the moment, telling me. I, I, got, I got to side with Mike on this one. Oh, oh thank, you. Yo, thank you. I, I love Asia. I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. Here's the thing. Remember that epic concert at Forge. And I'm going, I'm going kind of like, you know, musician, you know, musicianship-wise, all right? You're talking about four guys that actually had came from some great bands prior to this. You one of them was King Crimson. Let's not... John Wenton. Well, King Crimson, like, that was, I don't know, you had to get... Ooh, you had you like but um, you have Steve Howe from Yes. Emerson Lake and Palmer, Carl Palmer from Emerson Lake and Palmer. Uh, Jeff Downs, he was the one that wrote Theater Kill the Radio Star. Oh, so well, put him on Mount Rushmore now. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but, um, no, it was one of, it's actually one of the first tapes I ever owned, too. I was like, I like the Yeah. And I actually had the first, the first two, Asia and then Asia Alpha. Those are the first two I ever had as a kid. And, I don't know, I just love the band. Yeah. It was a great band. Uh, only I Time Will Tell. Only Time Will Tell. Awesome. I gotta say, My though. My favorite Roller Kingdom song. Only but, Time Will Tell. So, the, the hardest I ever laughed in the movie theater was when I was actually with Mike when we saw Heat of the Moment. The 40 year old version. And Mike's like, that's not me! That's not me! That's not me! And then they played Asia. And I had a big, you know, trash bucket of Coke and I, my bladder almost left me. No difference, that wasn't a virgin. And you could have cooked eggs on Mike's head. It was like a fucking hot plate. <laughs> no, not me! <laughs> yes, it is! 
No, they were fine. No, I just thought I think they were. Hey, fine. I saw I saw them in concert. Granted, it was at a bookstore. But I saw <laughs> yeah, but that was the original lead singer. That was the other lead singer. They they, they drafted and sucked. Borders books before. Yeah, Jim, 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 you can tell the call that Jim, a concert tell at a bookstore. All right, Jim. Yeah, you can. Jim, tell the story. Oh, go right ahead. Tell I'll, the. I'll tell you the story. Go right ahead. Go ahead. I went to Borders bookstore. There was a post. I thought he'd be like at the Palladium at Worcester Centrum. Nope, it was right there at the bookstore. <laughs> Did so they have a hat with some change in it in front of the band? That was not. <laughs> that was not. So the, I call up immediately my good friend Mike, who I know loves Asia. I'm like, Mike, Asia's going to be here at the mall. So I don't like Asia particularly, but I went just for shits and giggles. So there's like 19 of us standing in front of, you know, the, the, the economy book section. Yeah. There was one get, guy, you know, like a T. You remember there was like one super fan right in front? I don't. Oh, but yeah. I, it was probably you the big back guy. Yeah. You know, you, know, you get the, the economy books that. like, The Life and Times of General George S. Patton. <laughs> We're standing there. Some guy walks out and goes, ladies and gentlemen, Asia. And then they come walking out from the cooking section. And there's some poor dude trying to price books. And they're like bumping into the guy the whole time. They're like, oh, everyone went here. Everyone's shitting their pants. I I was laughing so hard. I had to leave. It was hysterical. Come on, you stayed. You I didn't stay for the whole thing. I did not. I said, Mike, I can't take anymore. Goodbye. So the funny thing was, a year later, I had a friend of mine, uh, John Massell, a guy I worked with at school, that uh, said that they had, the original four had gotten back together. So Mike and, had his panties on the. And of course, you want tickets. Of course, I said, yes. And I went, actually, it was a really good show. They put on for about two hours, banded with Heat of the Moment, their big hit. But they actually did a bunch of, they did a bunch of songs. They actually, did, uh, Carl Palmer did a great drum solo, a really cool drum solo. Now, what and, is your uh, Ron, so you're saying this at Barnes & Noble? So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sold-out camper van. Do <laughs> <laughs> you like puppet it's shows? No, the funny thing was, no. The place we went to, went to in Boston, the place was sold out. Do you like puppet shows? Because you're opening for one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, a fan, no, but you know what? Shit. It was a happy time in my childhood, and that's all that matters. That's well, at least our dressing room beyond. I hate these gigs. At least our dressing room is bigger than the puppets. <laughs> the dressing room? It's the handicap stall. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Chris. With the buffet and the changing station. <laughs> I'm going to turn to video games here. All right. All right. Chuck. Very nice. We'll go with the uh, Sega CD. Oh, my oh, God. God. Oh. All right. No, all right. I want to hear this. Go on. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of crap on that CD. Yes, there was. Full motion video, grainy, grainy, grainy. But there was some awesome classics. Remember... Uh, what was the one with? Uh, oh, yeah, real classic. Yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah, Snatcher. 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 Yeah. Snatcher. Yeah. Find the vagina in the. Sega CD. So you had like that the other people had the same problem. <laughs> you had that. I did not have Sega CD. I had, had Genesis. I, my best friend Aaron had Sega CD. He he was he was like he had older brothers and sisters, but they were like twenty years old. So he had. So he was technically an only. He was technically an only. The best Sonic game is on that. That is actually Sonic. No, Sonic 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 was actually very good. That was an awesome game. The best Sonic is Sonic. Wasn't that one you driving like a riding around like a purple dragon, like shooting things with a lance dragon? Uh, yeah, that was yeah, uh, that was on the Saturn though. I, I, Saturn, I will defer yeah. to your knowledge. I just see no, that was a good game though. But that was no, no, I dated a girl who was bright. 
But that was Night Trap. There we go. That one had like Night Trap. Yeah, there we go. To the you know, Genesis, yep. to the thing, right. it basically someone said basically, if you look at all the wires, came the thing, it was like the Genesis was on life support. <laughs> <laughs> it basically said, you, and it's funny if you look at the thing, it looked like a fucking, you know, it's like it's like this looking thing, it's mushroom things, like it's some life fucking support, you know? yeah. figuratively and literally. Oh, God. And the power packs are so fucking huge, you needed like a power strip plugged into a power strip. Plugged you needed into five power strips, you need like two power strips to yeah. the thing. It was horrible. All right, Joe. For my music choice, I am defending my love of Oasis. Twice. The first time they got into a car accident, so they canceled the concert. The second time they, they got, got into a fight. Of course they did! Because <laughs> they're douchebags! Bunch of pussies. <laughs> See, you guys have a thing about uh, Oasis? No. I was like, I'm saying if you like them, you're a communist because they're huge in Europe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why it's for you for the whole care. Ah, uh, yes. So is Dean with Hasselhoff. What's your right. boy? <laughs> now we think in Germany. Yeah, the the Germany. thing is, is that they were like, like I like their hits, yeah, but I, I'm not a big deep track Oasis guy. I like Supersonic. You know what I mean? See, I, see, I love. I'm feeling like, Supersonic. Give me Jim and Tonic. I love that Colin Schubert video where the guy's like, "Oh, how to learn to play the guitar well enough to get you laid." Oh yes, and he it's plays like, Wonderwall. Wonder Thousands of guitar chords, but you only need to know three of them to play Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you want to see what playing guitar does to a man's fingers? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> totally works, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, do you have anything yeah. else? You, to... know, you, you know what I learned when I got divorced in my early 30s? That 20-year-old women like guys in their early 30s who have callous hands and fingers. <laughs> Yeah, that's why they have calloused hands. Yeah. 
Your hands are so yeah. soft, like you use lotion. Yeah, yeah you know what you're doing. Yeah. The couch is right over there. Go back to my earlier point about Michael Bay movies. It's kind of like dating women in their early 20s. <laughs> it's, it's like awesome. It's like you're annoyed as fuck, but you're like, oh, but I'm having so much fun. And they like french fries, too. <laughs> Exactly. You're like, <laughs> you're like, oh god, I'm gonna make yeah, so many all you gotta do is get him the kids' meal. Um, all right, Joe. Anything else about Oasis? Obviously not. All right, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, Mike. Uh, sir. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to defend my first um, unofficial anime, Sailor Moon. Oh and my god, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know anything about it. It's a chick anime. Oh. All I remember is that they made Barbie dolls of it, and we were expecting nudity that never, never ever came. Is, no, is it that anime form? No, 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 no. If only. No, no. If you, if you, if the only experience you've ever had with Sailor Moon is the god awful American dub, then I'm sorry for you because they. I don't speak Japanese. What the they, hell am I no, they, you don't. You don't mean, it doesn't Japanese. matter what language it is. It's in. It doesn't matter if the dub is terrible. Okay. Oh yeah. The whole, no, the whole reason anybody was watching it at the time was because we were expecting to get a shot of the skirt at some point. <laughs> no, the Japanese had figured out way before the Americans did that you know titillating little boys could sell, <laughs> and that's all there is to it. It's like, oh, and there were girls that were totally into it. I remember, like, it's my buddy Keith. His daughter was really into it at the time, and I bought her the dolls for like her birthday or whatever. Yeah, there were young, there were the tween boys watching that show, and they were watching that show, saying, "No, no, it's an action show. It's cool and like totally like feminism or whatever." And to be honest, <laughs> if those skirts were any shorter, yeah, but there but, there is good action in that movie in that in that show and lesbianism. Actually, there, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, there is. In in the dub, they changed him into well, the original version. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fair. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who isn't Kevin? Wait, 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 is that true or is that just an urban one? No, no. no they they are... In the dub, they changed him into cousins. I hate oh, to say no. this, but Sailor yeah. Sailor Neptune and Sailor Mars are lesbian lovers. No, no. Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus. Yeah. Why would you hate to say that? <laughs> <laughs> because the fact that I know it. Hey, if it doesn't have boobs, it's not good. No, there was actually some really good action scenes in it. In the uh, in the original like finale, most of them died, and they um no, but they came back to life. Is right? there a robot? No. Is there a fat guy? Never who actually rules? watched the episode, no. so I can't offer an objective opinion. Wait, is it a show or a movie? It's a show. It's they a they made a movie so on it, but it was just all right. All right. Here's, here's all about that. Series. Prior to that show ever coming show. out. The one thing, the one OVA we were all watching in America was Bubba Dumb Crisis, right? Am I the only one? No, no, no. no, 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 no I yeah, I love Bubba Dumb Crisis. Oh, yeah, I love Bubba Dumb Crisis. Which, like, and, and, and all we saw were the unedited with no translation dubs. Yeah. Or anything like that. It was just, oh, my God, hot chicks in robot suits fighting crazy cyborg monsters. <laughs> and this is really violent, and there's the occasional, you know, boob. And, and I think... Sailor Moon might have been that same sort of thing, only for slightly less nerdy guys. Uh, I think if you're watching anime, that's out the window. <laughs> no, yeah, anime was actually on television. And give me oh, no, yeah, I, I, know, know, I, I watched it was on television. You could I watch it like five. I watched Force Five. Crisis, you had to find that one dude who had an older brother who bought it at that one weird store in Boston somewhere. No, but I mean... 
with, with Sailor Moon, each of the characters is very individual. I mean, you, I mean, as opposed to a lot of please, cartoons, please, guys, like Konyawa Hurricane is part of the podcast. Oh, I, 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 I always put it on one of my uh, on one of the episodes before. Oh yeah, but um, no, I mean, like, I suppose mostly like American cartoons at the time, where you know one character was interchange where could be interchanged with another easily. This one, each one was it's, was very unique. They each had their own um, personalities. Each had their own ambitions. And they, they, yeah, the relationships between the two actually was, was very, you know, enjoyable. <laughs> That's for the boy. So, all right. Huh? So, well, look, I'm going to defend my stuff now. All right. That's oh, fine. We're, 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 Adam. Adams. we're skipping Adam here. That's skipped. It's Adam's turn. Oh, fine. All right. Go. Go Mr. No, Mr. I don't want Mr. Brian Adams. Adams. I don't want to know. All right, this is going to go back to a generational thing for sure. All but right. <clears throat> at the time, there is no movie that I wanted to watch over and over again more than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was with you right Hell up to the yeah. Ooze. Was I was with you. Everybody loved it. I loved the first one, and then The Secret of the Ooze. I was still at that age where it was just like I wanted to be a Ninja yeah. Turtle. You know, well, I, mean, so, well, I, I, I could do without the vanilla ice. Even at the time, I could do without the vanilla ice. But Toka and Razor were pretty awesome enemies. Yes, absolutely. As, as a metalhead, I completely resented the fact that there was a rapper in my, you know, nerdy Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but the first one, I don't think we're going to disagree with you on that. Like, even though it was targeting a youth market. Yeah. Like, no, that movie had a lot of heart and, like, character development. It was fun. It was, it was a yeah. fun it was movie. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. Yeah. And you cared about the characters. And I don't think anybody, even generationally speaking, I, even the people who are, like, big fans, again, Jamie Horton, we've mentioned, like, what, three times I know. Yeah. Huge, huge fan of the original comic. Liked that first movie a whole lot more than he liked the cartoon. Well, Adam, why did you like Secret of the Ooze? Uh, why did Token I like Secret of the Ooze? Yeah, the new, the yeah, new characters. Yeah. It, it was the sequel. I mean, it was the next step. It was. I loved the first one. I couldn't wait for the next one. What did you expect? They come out quoting Macbeth? They're stupid. Well, they're not stupid. They're infants. <laughs> okay, they're stupid infants. Chris, what did you... Uh, Knowing that Michael Bay is going to destroy the series now, he's uh, not actually look, directing. He's not directing it. No, the, 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 the previews. I must see the movie. I can't. I got. You know what? I gotta, I gotta see. I'm it. getting sucked in. I have. I'm getting sucked I'm in. I'm getting too. sucked in. I've bought it, and I can't. I, I know the previews are going to be like the best parts of the movie. I already understand that. But it's if I'm Megan Fox as April O'Neil, you're okay. Shredder, it looks like a transformer. Well, the samurai. Well, the thing is, I love the the Nickelodeon cartoon. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. oh, the new one. Awesome. Actually, it's not bad. It was it's more like, awesome. like the I actually watched version. it for the first time this weekend when we were waiting to leave, and I, I thought it was terrible. Oh, I love really? it. Really? Pizza dudes! Like, oh, can you come up with something else? <laughs> that's what they always used to but do. That's, even yeah. in the comic books, that's what that's what that's that's always was. Yeah. That's, that's the statement. Uh, it just seemed like they didn't have it. And, and, and one little, I need a little side note there. The NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, yeah, that was an awesome game. It had 
no fucking real point. I mean, it was no, but it was great. It was great. It was fucking god awful hard. It was. It was ridiculous. Especially that one water level with like you know the burning things. Like and you restarted every single time. There was no save points. No, save the game. It was like a reboot every single time you played it. The funniest is angry video game nerd episode about that. No, really? Someone, oh, someone posted something yeah, about how bad that, that game was. Yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing was, someone wrote that like the ending of the game was oh. basically it says like, it was like, thank you, Charles. Now I can become my human form again. He can magically turn himself back human. No, no, you can't do that. You were freaking <laughs> mutagen, man. You had to like, I don't know, whatever. Well, wait a minute, isn't the new movie they're not really turtles? No, they're actually turtles. It would have been satisfaction in itself, regardless of how the ending was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, my my only, I think the reason why I love Donatello as my favorite turtle was only because of the NES video game. Oh, he looks so stupid in the movie. Well, he's got that stupid oh, goggles. Oh, yeah. So yeah. mad. So mad. Yeah. But now, he's a too. That makes total No, they're really trapped for you because he's the badass. Come on. What's up? Steve, you're saying something? No, I said, no, no. Donatello having tech stuff makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. No, you're right. That does make sense. So, all right, Jim. None of us have seen this. I'm not that familiar with the director's previous work. I mean, yes, Michael Bay is producing, so... Wait, I, I thought Michael Bay yes. was directing. No, no he's, he's not. Producing. The guy who's oh, directing so, it directed uh, it's hoped for it. Clash of the Titans. The first oh. one with the rubber crack? Oh, no, 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 the, the, no, no, the, the, the remake really one. one. Which was still kind of The Sam Borrington ones, yes. Sam Borrington. You're terrible. Yes. <laughs> and he's British. You think you'd know he's Australian. Right? <laughs> what about Jeffrey Rush? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, right, oh, 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 what do you got, Jim? On Spartacus, Blood and Sand? I don't know. Blood and Sand? <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to... Back in 1992, we, we, the, the movie industry was starved for movies. Singles had just come out. It was terrible. Coppola came to the rescue with a cornucopia of of sights for the eyes that you looked at and you said, that's Dracula. Don't say it. But he's got an ass for a head. Look at his hair. <laughs> but this is great. It is a very, well, first of all, I'm a history major and one of my favorite parts of history is the Byzantine Empire and the Ottoman Turks and that they, they talk about that a lot. But, Keanu Reeves is so historically bad in that he calls Budapest Budapest. <laughs> I mean, but there are left Budapest early this morning. The acting yeah, is Keanu Reeves is so bad in that movie; it's actually good. That's my point. He actually did a, a 360. He came back. <laughs> he pulled it back. <laughs> Everybody else, right in that movie, and, and, he, and then you watch Keanu Reeves like, wow, he's doing a really terrible job. Why would they even, for some reason, to this day, I don't know why they picked him. I have no idea. I know where the bastard sleeps. I brought him there. To Carfax Abbey. But it is a very good-looking movie. It is. It, it, it's a very nice use of color. They use a lot of nice red hues in it. And Lots of tears. They actually... <laughs> I prefer to get the House of Horrors version right. myself. I, it's another one of those movies that makes the Kevin Bacon game really easy. <laughs> That's true. I um, I mean, when, I remember rushing out to see it because it was like, well, this is the first real accurate portrayal of Dracula from Bram Stoker's movie. It is not. It's not even close. It was such a false bill of goods that we were sold. Here is my takeaway from the entire movie. 
I want to wait till Joe finishes his cookie first so he doesn't choke. Kind of like when we did the Star Wars gangbang thing the other uh, oh, last what? episode. I almost killed Joe on our last show. Um, I know the Heimlich. So, yes, my, my takeaway. Gangbang. Look, you guys right. here, is, here is my impression of the entire 1992's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Are you ready? Yes, Adam, go. Ready? Yes, ready. I'm ready. That aside, <laughs> there are a lot of things that you can take away from that movie that are very good. Yes, that's right. You get to see her in a see-through dress. In, in Winona Ryder, does not. It has a great body, <laughs> even after the coke. <laughs> um, because of the coke. It's a horrible rendition of what Dracula is supposed to look like, but to this day, it is still the most accurate depiction of Dracula <laughs> that's out there. I would like to see someone do a real one, but I, I, I think it's a very good-looking movie. I think Anthony um, I Hopkins. Perfect. Anthony Hopkins does a nice job as Van Helsing. I, think I actually think the concept. Thing. I think the concept of Dracula is cool, other than asshead. But um, you know, with like with the bat and stuff like that, I, 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 it is one of my, it's in my rotation during Halloween. I got to watch that, and I got to watch Nightmare Before Christmas. It's those two well, movies. All I know is that after watching that movie with my girlfriend at the time, we had the best sex ever. <laughs> <laughs> Why was she saying boo hoo hoo afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, you had something to say? I was just going to say, I mean, I will give the movie credit that I'll give Coppola credit in that he used a lot of old world special effects techniques. Oh, yeah. That he didn't yeah. do any, like, CGI or, you know, the modern stuff. No, no, he definitely doesn't. There's that, like, one point where they're supposed to be depicting when Dracula was a Turk killer. Right. And they have, like, these little marionettes. Marionettes of soldiers or something like that. And it looked cheesy, but it kind of fit. It fit, yeah. Artistically, it's very good. Keanu Reeves just throws a major monkey wrench in the movie. If you had a really great actor in it, like a, like a good, like, like, Fassbender. Fassbender oh. would have been good. Fassbender. Oh. Jim, no, no, Jim. How about Zac Efron? Well, then I'd have to leave the in masturbate. All right, well, there you go. Come on. So, that's what I got. All right. Anybody want to dispute it? Wait, what do you mean? Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! I mean, there's some weirdness to it, but... It's it's actually pretty good. I just it's I, good. I ran as the second I, I saw the movie that I ran out. I got the book from the library and I was reading it. I was I was living in North Carolina. I was going to school at the time, and I was flying back home for Christmas. And I read the book and I'm like, this is nothing like the movie. I'll <laughs> uh, take Bill Lugosi any day. All right, so all right, so I guess um, last year. So oh boy, do I go British? Do I go movie or, tea, uh, or music on this one? Music! Do music. it! All right! Just the church! Just the church. Is it? Your preference. it is... <laughs> None! Banana hammock. Mesh power. All right, so... All right, Jim, Jim wants my name music, so my, my number two will be music. So I'm going to defend... The church! The music of the uh, the brilliant Scottish band of the 80s. Uh, no! The guy hung himself because he knew his band socks. Hey, can you play that? I think I've explored that a little. Uh, hey, can no, you play that? No, I can't play that. Uh, oh, boo. The, um, <laughs> boo. <laughs> the second one? That's pretty funny. <laughs> the, um... And the, I mean, the reason why I, I, I love... I actually have more than just the first album. I have... <laughs> 
I have like six big countries. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I only have two Asia albums. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah, you know better. Right. But let me just say, let me just explain, because, I mean, for an 80s band, they didn't sound like any other 80s band at the time. I mean, no. they're big 83, no, they 84. Neither no, Shalimar, but they, they suck too. Andy, Andy, if I put, if I put a bagpipe in a 90s band, it's not gonna sound like any 90s band. If I put a bagpipe on any millennial band. Well, maybe Chumbawamba, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't hear anyone defending Chumbawamba tonight. Oh, Chumbawamba goes undefended. <laughs> Um, no, seriously, they, I mean, they, they had a very unique sound that wasn't really being emulated back in that time period. Let me just say... I think Jim's going to rub one out. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he knows I'm right. He'll be right back. four beers, so it's like a six-peer. He's going <laughs> to rub one out, and he's going to hear... <laughs> I just got to say, you know, in a big country, uh, word stealing will stay with you like a... Like a, like a mother's voice. voice fires a mountainside, you know. Then stay alive, sir. <laughs> stay alive. <laughs> I'm not expecting you to grow flowers in the desert, sir. I shan't. I shan't. But I will live and breathe and see the sun in wintertime. <laughs> Seriously, I have like four. I mean, that is like right behind Under the Milky Way is how many versions of that song I have. That's about the only line but I know when I'm I not going to lie. The first time I actually ever heard that song was when Andy and I were working together at Rick's camera. Oh, yes. I don't know. I was unaware of its actual existence. Yeah, no, I don't know about other songs. This was the first time I heard that song because you guys kept playing that, those 80s. Oh, the uh, 80s CDs. CDs, you know, which had other songs I was familiar with passively. Well, I understand. You were, you were more interested. In the 80s, I was listening to, like, the soundtrack to Transformers, the movie. <laughs> you got the touch! <laughs> <laughs> You got the power! Yeah! Man, it's gonna stand in our way. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. So, I do like that song. I like that song. Instruments of Destruction, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, I understand. You were distracted. You had to deal with, um, you know, the Cape Cod dominatrix's pictures and whatnot. Whoa, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah, was, I guess one of the day. Oh, that was, that was pure awesome. That is the best work story I have to tell that I can't tell my kid till he's a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Steve, to, to this day, if we have to do a, a, like a photo transfer or something like that, and someone's like, hey, I just want to let you know, I got some dirty pictures on them. Like, dude, I worked one hour photo. You can't, you can't shock me anymore. <laughs> I just, no, no, we are unshockable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I actually, like, someone gave, handed me their phone to fix, and it's like the first picture on there was, like, his dick. And I'm like, ah, all right, well, I've worked one hour photo. I'm just going to, I'm going to solo through this. And they're early 20s, just hanging out together, getting drunk. They will start ripping all of their clothes off and taking pictures of each other. Yeah. 
and bring them to you and be like, can you develop these? Is that okay? I'm like, oh, yeah, no, totally. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Just don't expect a committee meeting afterwards when like, hey, you're going to see this. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And, and, and no, there was a professional dominatrix living nearby who used to send her clients in to drop off the negatives who were like, try to imagine slightly overweight men in their mid-50s dressed up in little boat peep costumes. On a leash. <laughs> hey, Gag and Ball Sally's got another delivery for you. <laughs> I, say, I, have, I have seen paper clips attached to things I do not want to see. Paper clips. <laughs> I think we're getting a bit off topic here. Yeah. yeah all right. So yeah. I, all right. I think we've uh, definitely hit, hit. We've hit our max. When, when you start getting into the dominatrix stories, I think yeah. the topic has run its course. Yeah. I do. So um, real quick, guys. I I want to really thank everybody for coming. I mean, this yeah. was. I can't. I we couldn't have gotten to 100 episodes without every single person here. Yeah. Even Absolutely. Chris. Even Chris. Yeah. Even Chris. Yeah. 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 Yep. I really yeah. wanted to make it up there tonight, too. It's just, you know, work. And, and I live on Cape. And well, we'll, do, like, we'll do a Saturday show. Huh. We'll, hey, yeah, hey. we'll definitely try to find another time where we can work in and we can you know, figure out. Let's all take a trip down to the Cape. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Oh, you know what we can do? We can start bluffing you with OCD TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if I could get you guys down there for that, that would be hilarious. Oh, that would be hell. But you know what, though? We had to, like, come barging in and, like, hitting people with chairs and shit. The only way I'd do that is if Real Americans playing over the sound. <laughs> I would do that. This is how the show works. We have, like, essentially, so Jamie Horton, who we've mentioned now, like, what, five times. Oh, so he's the training for the unofficial access show down here. Yeah. So, like, once a month, he has to have his class film the show. And so that's when me and a group of other nerds go down and just talk about nerd shit. Yeah. So, so if you guys showed up when that happened, they would be totally unprepared. That would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. So it would be hilarious and also really out of focus. <laughs> Wait a second. I, I wasn't prepared for this. White balance. White balance. Star white. <laughs> We should have a uh, we should have a baseball baseball playoff and just all oh, suck so badly that we can just call it quits. <laughs> exactly. Strike one. All right. Well, let's all go drinking now. <laughs> so, all right. I just want to thank every single person who's ever helped with the show. Um, yeah. Mike, Chris, Joe, Mike. Thank you. Adam, welcome back. Yay! Back. Jim, welcome thank back. you. Steve, thank you for joining us yeah. finally. Hey, you had the best superpower, Steve. Put some faces to you guys. Yeah. Hey, Steve, you had the best superpower a couple episodes ago. Do you know? Do you know? No. Do you know what the most rewarding experience of my life has been ever? The superpower is Andy reading aloud um, my Twitter responses to your questions and you guys laughing at them. Like <laughs> 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 I'm actually funny. <laughs> People like me. Validation. Yeah. Validation. Take a look at me now. That's <laughs> <laughs> just want to take a moment. Just thank a few people who helped us in the past. Kevin Marshall, Don Hawkins, um, Autumn, Autumn, Rebecca. Yes. 
Yes, for, for, for joining us in studio or... And for allowing us to record in your houses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> My dad and came all the way from Buffalo. That's, that's right. right. And spent the evening. Just listening, like, what the yeah. fuck are these guys talking yeah. about? Holy I think, no, the face was like, these guys are retards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're driving home. He's like, this is who you fucking spend your time with. That's why he's <laughs> never come back to Massachusetts. Right. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you spent a half hour in the fucking monster match, for God's sake. <laughs> I also want to take a moment to thank everybody. I feel like happy. I want to thank everybody who's um, liked the Facebook page, especially the last month, dude. A hundred new likes—that's awesome. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Anyone's following us on Twitter? Uh, and just anybody who's contributed to the show in any way, shape, or form. There are too many of you to name. You're starting to sound like Stevie Wonder. Right? Yeah. Okay. So um, let's just just wrap this up then. Oh, by the way, next show. Next show, I forgot. We have episode 101. We're going to be talking about our favorite movie directors and some of our movies from that. Thank you, Jim, Thank for you, bringing Jim. up the idea. So if you have anything to contribute to that, Steve, you're more than welcome to join us via Skype again. Now that we figure out how the fuck this whole thing works. Um, yeah, well, I mean, again, I think there might be a way to actually do it better, but if it's Jamie could figure that out for us. Uh, yes, we must use him. Yes, Saul. Saul, open his skull and figure it out. Yeah, well, get we'll put it back on because he has the healing power. Oh, and then I'll turn it to Spock. <laughs> so, um, that was yeah, way funnier in my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So when we, um, so if you want to uh, get in on our director action, just give us a uh, send us an email geeksal at yahoo.com. Um, we could always use 200 likes. So uh, like our Facebook page, Geeksal uh, Podcast. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. Steve, you want to throw out your uh, Twitter handle for uh, cheap for cheap shells? Yes, follow me on at ApeCod. I am motherfucking hilarious. He is. on YouTube, or if you live on the Central Cape, uh, you can watch it on public access. Okay, runs late at night. But when more than likely, YouTube. And don't update. Ah, so YouTube then. Yes, yes. watch on YouTube. All right, awesome. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Chris. I'm Joe. I'm Mike. I'm Adam. I'm Jim. And we will uh, go forth and be nerdful. We will talk to you later. Thank you so much. Now let's move on to the Rangoon version of this classic joke. Oh, yeah.